0: Hello and welcome into Coach's Corner. The date is August 9th on a Tuesday And I'm coming at you with a new show with a couple headlines and a tier Yes, we have a good old fashion sports tier to talk about Not one of our fun cereal, um, uniforms, fast food We got a good old fashioned NFL running backs tier ahead of the season here Kind of do some fantasy stuff. Kind of, you'll see how the structure is. But without further ado, let's go. And with that, I welcome you into Coach's Corner. As I said, the day is Tuesday, August 9th. And I am yours truly, Lucas Kochevar being the host here. And once again, we're just counting down the days until football. We are aggressively waiting until we finally get to see the oval-shaped brown ball go through the air. I mean, it's really, it's dragging along here. I want preseason football. That's how thirsty I am. And the crazy part is, we're going to get there, and I'm going to get my, like, wish, and it's going to be like, this is <coughs> this is awful. Like, watching Easton Stick and Case Keenum duke it out, it just will just be glorious, glorious times for me, and I just cannot wait. An absolute delight. But before we get there, we do still have a couple of news stories. As I said, I was going to talk about the running backs. Have a good old tier list here for us. And doesn't have the rookies, but that's okay. It's kind of hard to find an updated rookie or running back list as it is. But got a good number of guys on this list that we'll get to, and that'll be next up. But first, Kevin Durant and uh, owner... Nets owner Joe Tsai, I want to say, um, kind of both put out big statements today, kind of regarding the status of Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant basically reiterated to the owner in a meeting that he still wants to go. That it's either him or the GM and coach Steve Nash, um, Sean Mark, or the the GM isn't Steve Nash, but you know what I'm saying Steve Nash, the coach, has to go. The GM has to go in order for Kevin Durant to be happy in Brooklyn and to stay in Brooklyn and credit to the Nets owner who in, you know, this stage I'd say in the NBA history where player empowerment is by far the most impactful it's been ever. He stood his ground and he said, we're going to do the, what's in the best or interest of the organization. And frankly, that not going with an action here, not, outing your GM and coach you know, as of today is a big, strong move by him to deny one of the best scorers we've ever seen and one of the best players in the league as of today who wants to be traded from his team. And frankly, I mean, I don't blame him. And the thing is, I don't know what this does for leverage now with trade negotiations because the Nets have been pretty on record where they're asking for the farm for any team to get Kevin Durant away from Brooklyn, <clears throat> but I don't know. This sounds like Brooklyn's like kind of digging, digging their heels in on this Kyrie and Kevin Durant business where they might just go into the season with both of these guys on the team. And that'd be a very interesting case because I think Kyrie is kind of indifferent. I mean, Kyrie is a very fluid thinker. Um, that's a way to put it. But Kyrie Irving isn't like one to like really like be like I'm not gonna play. I will sit out games, unless it you know pertains to being vaccinated. He'll play. He'll play basketball. He really doesn't care. He's just a straight hooper, and that's I think why many players around the league just love him universally. And so I think he he might be just Brooklyn's star that they kind of build around if they want to you know, go get whatever this hall is for KD. They might just go with Kyrie here. I'm sure there's still like interest he'd rather leave if Kevin Durant leaves, but nonetheless, I think that's still a possibility. But, I mean, we're sitting here in August now, and we're probably about a month out from training camp with NBA stuff, and there's not a resolution that looks to be close in sight. The Suns look to be pretty much out of it now that DeAndre Ayton's back. Uh, you have a number of Eastern Conference teams that could do it, like Bro- um, Boston – Miami looks to be interested. And there's always a possibility of a like three-team trade where they manage to pull this off and someone gets a Kevin Durant and then Donovan Mitchell might go to Brooklyn. Like there are scenarios where this plays out and Brooklyn finds themselves in a better situation, maybe, than what they were before. However, I think that's a hefty expectation for Brooklyn. And this really is just it's another. I, I like that we got this news because it's another step in the direction of Kevin Durant does not look to play in Brooklyn. And it'll be supremely interesting to see if the GM and coach are both, you know, goners here in the not too distant future. You know, it's, it we'll be very interested to see how this unfolds. And I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of betting my money on Brooklyn being the team that Kevin Durant's on when at least training camp comes around. Because if he hasn't been traded by now, I don't know what offer teams could make, really, to speed along this process. And it's kind of tough because we need this move to happen, so that way we have, like, the second wave of free agency happen with a bunch of veterans who are still out there who are valuable, like Carmelo Anthony. You know, we, we can get trade resolve on, like, guys like Donovan Mitchell, maybe, uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, Brooke—oh, my gosh, my bad— um, <laughs> But nonetheless, a very interesting saga we have in Brooklyn as it's been playing out here. And, (laughs) you know, it's tough because KD really doesn't have as much power as most superstars would have. And I don't know if it's part of because of his contract. I don't know if it's his age, his injury history. But it doesn't feel like he really has the hold over the organization as much as you know players have had in the past here. Like I mean I mean Ben Simmons really was just like a focal point of the Sixers until they traded him and it was just all about him and everything. Um but eventually he got his wish and he got out of there. And I mean obviously he's younger and he has his own issues, but they got a nice haul for him. And with this it doesn't seem like there's any ending like we knew Ben Simmons was gonna get traded, but like this situation I, I don't know if Kevin Durant gets traded. I don't know what the valuation is of him on the market. I don't know if the Brooklyn is really just asking that much, but I don't know. It's it's something that I'm curious if he, like, maybe, maybe Brooklyn either lowers their price or Kevin Durant just sucks it up and stays. Because, I, like I said, I can't see the owner. He's been pretty vocal about how Brooklyn hasn't really lived up to these expectations expectations under Kevin Durant and company. And it sounds like he's really just kind of done with the drama and done with this experiment and he was ready to move on. And so I I think that like that sentiment that he has is a big piece of like power piece that he is holding over Kevin Durant right now. Like, dude, I control your future. You don't control ours here in Brooklyn. And Like I said, a very interesting dynamic in the player empowerment era of NBA basketball. So, like I said, very curious to see how that plays out. Um, Another little news story, uh, Joe Burrow, he had, I think, appendix surgery or whatever. And so he's been um, not out, but, like, not, frankly, like, leaving, leaving. And so um, he decides to... uh, you know, he's starting to throw, feeling better and whatnot, and, you know, hopefully Joe Burrow looks to be on track to play, obviously, in week one. Um, The Jets, the Jets might lose left tackle, Mekhi Becton, which is a big loss. He's a superstar left tackle, young, really young guy. And um, he goes down with a big injury. That's very tough for the Jets, who look to make at least a little bit of a jump from their previous records. Definitely not what you want to hear if you're the Jets, uh, or Jets fan, or Zach Wilson, for that matter. However, he does find himself now um, trying to rehab from an injury, and yeah. And then the Raiders is kind of floated out there, and we'll talk about this guy in a little bit, but Josh Jacobs kind of was one of the only starters, really, that ran for the Raiders in the preseason. And many speculated that was because like, they were trying to show off Josh Jacobs for trade value purposes. Josh Jacobs is probably nearing the end of his rookie contract in Las Vegas. and Famously, you do not want to pay a running back a second contract. I've experienced it firsthand with the Falcons. And many other teams have experienced it where they just kind of fall off a cliff and you're paying $13 million to a running back that won't play for you anymore. Um, but the Raiders, um, Josh McDaniels came out and said no desire to trade Josh Jacobs. So I don't know. It's a very fishy situation. As someone who has drafted Josh Jacobs in a couple fantasy leagues, um, money fantasy leagues, it kind of is a little bit like I I would like Josh Jacobs to play. <laughs> you know, I I would like him to be the feature back in a, some backfield, not just a trade chip or trade chip that's like about to be on the way out and go somewhere else to a worse team, maybe. That's just me personally. I don't want that. (laughs) I really don't Playing with my money, but what can you do? And like I said, that's really the only headlines we got. Um, We got some scores here we'll talk about after the tier. Um, But yeah, not not a whole lot going on. We're just really waiting for the whole, you know, football thing to kick off. um, As a Fun time. Like I said, baseball's in the middle of its season, obviously, so a lot of games are happening every day. And yeah, the NBA news we're we're about as dead as can be in the NBA right now. And it's it's really dry out there. And so the only thing we got is like kind of some weird, weird beef with DeJounte Murray and Paulo Banquero, who was the first pick. Both Seattle guys, both played in like a Pro Ram type deal. And apparently they don't like each other now, but it's a very like very childish, very kind of immature that I don't really want to talk about. Like I don't I don't care about it that much. So with that being said, we're gonna move on to the tier. And it's been a while since we've done a tier. It's been maybe a week. Like we maybe we haven't done a good sports tier in a week. Um we've done some, like I said, some different ones, some fun ones, but we're back to the same format that we normally do. We have S A B C D and L, and yeah, we we got some really interesting faces on here. A couple of guys that are on the same team, so obviously we'll kind of have to. Some of these guys, I'm not entirely certain. I I think I know most of them, but um, a couple of these guys just really like. There's one guy I'm not gonna mention that um. I think he got hurt. I, I'm not sure who. Chris Carson. Chris Carson's the one guy I'm not going to really do because he just retired. Talked about it before. I do do a you know, spine injury, or like a back in, or neck injury. And so very serious stuff. So I'm not going to put him in any rankings. It seems kind of unfair to him because, you know, his career's cut short. But he was a good running back when he played. So fortunate for him. But, yeah. So the first guy is Rex Burkhead. And now <laughs> Rex Burkhead is... An old man of a running back. He's been in the league forever. Was a long you know, time New England Patriot. Legend. Bald legend. Um, and he's the Texans running back. Not for long because we have a couple guys that are probably going to steal his job. But for the moment, Rex Burkhead is on the Texans as the starter, I believe. I'll be honest. We're starting off rough because he is in hell. And... It's like, not because he wasn't, he was a bad running back, like during his prime, I'd say, because he's probably out of it. He's in his thirties, I think, you know, Rex Burkhead has just been around for a long time and him getting like starter, starter carries. is just not something you want to do. Not in today's NFL, especially with rookie running backs coming up quicker than ever. And they do have a rookie Damian Pierce on the Texans who is a big trucking guy and, I think he's going to find himself as a starter pretty quickly if Marlon Mack doesn't look kind of the same. So Um, good, good running back. Just it's time. It's time, buddy. It's time to look into that second career of motivational speaking or high school coaching for you respectfully. But with that being said, the next guy, we'll do Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, like I said, he's coming off an Achilles tear, and that sucks because I think Marlon Mack is a really good running back. However, coming off an Achilles tear, trying to find your way on a Texas team that's really struggle, like struggling to kind of make ends meet doesn't seem like a recipe for success. And frankly, I just I can't see him having any type of success. And that stinks because I th- I do like... Marlon Mack and I thought that he could have been a target for the Falcons before he tore his Achilles but the nature of the game is injuries sometimes and he unfortunately has that bug now because um, I, I, I think once you get an Achilles and ACL that's just is a quote unquote a bug it's like a virus you just you kind of have that injury to you and it stinks but I don't make the rules and I put him in D he's better than Rex Burkhead but like, there's just a lot of better running backs. And with that being said, i gonna put Clyde Edwards-Alaire in C-tier. And it's not that I think he's average. Like, I think when he's healthy, he can be better. Um, But it's just, you know, he hasn't been. And I thought he'd be a lot better, f- a lot better you know, just a better fit on the Chiefs than he has been to this current point. But it just hasn't really clicked. He hasn't really gotten the time to shine because, like I said, he's been hurt. So I'm going to put him in D tier. I think he has potential this year to go up to B tier, potentially A tier at best. However, just right now, it's kind of tough to say with him. And I'm not entirely sure. We'll see where he goes from here. Um, but yeah, I just think ankle injuries have kind of made him, I won't say obsolete, but definitely not the guy that he can be like to the full extent of his potential. And with that being said, moving on to a duo that might be sneaky, the best NFL duo um, outside of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, I believe, who I talked about yesterday. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And Aaron Jones has been cemented as the starter in Green Bay for quite a while now, the last three, four years. And A.J. Dillon is a rookie they drafted last year called Quadzilla, which is, if that tells you anything about him, he's a power running back. And he comes from Boston College and really kind of stole some goal line carries away from Jones and looks to maybe take that job away. And it's interesting, very interesting how it might play out because they did pay Aaron Jones. Not a ton, but they did give him a second contract, and AJ Dillon is still cheap. So, hypothetically, they could just trade away Aaron Jones or cut bait with him. I don't, th- obviously, I don't think they're doing it this year because they would have done it by now, but I think it's something to monitor during the season, at least during the trade deadline, maybe. I don't know, but if AJ Dillon kind of gets the steam going, I think maybe he could find himself overtaking Aaron Jones. But that's not today. I believe Aaron Jones is still the starter cemented in there. I think he's still, I think, a better pass catching back. Um, AJ Dillon, I think, still has to grow as a runner. As, like I said, as a pass catcher. He might be a better pass blocker for Aaron Rodgers, but um, as of today, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit up here and kind of hype up AJ Dillon quite yet. I gotta see a full season's work. And with the next guy, same division. You know, we we actually have, I'm looking at it now, and it seems to be split up in divisions, and that's really kind of helpful here. (laughs) Um, The next guy is Lions running back DeAndre Swift, former Georgia alum. DeAndre Swift, I think, when healthy, is one of the best running backs in the league, probably like a top 10 running back, I'd say. Um, He was huge for me in fantasy. He was one of the best garbage time guys. Um, Really strong pass catcher, I thought, last year. Underrated there. Uh, he's one of the best cutters in the league. Like He can cut on a dime. Absolute stud there. However, I think there's just room for him to grow. I think he's still young. It's his third year now. Um, the Lions offensive line should be better. I look for his role to be increased, and he can find himself in A and S tier. However, I think he's in B tier right now. Now, I just I think there is room to grow. That's why I have him there, but if I really... If I had to project where he might end up, I think A tier is a realistic expectation for him next, like for next offseason. And with that being said, the next guy is the Bears running back. And I mentioned him yesterday when I was talking about how much the Bears stink. But David Montgomery is not one of those god awful guys. However, I think injuries have kind of hurt his, like, kind of hurt him along the way. He Has, hasn't really. I'd say put together a full totality, you know, season. Um, and for that reason I think it's just not fair to him, but he finds himself in C tier. And I like I said, I think he's one of those he can work his way up. AJ Dillon and um you know David Montgomery. You know, as I'm going here, I'm renaming these tiers. I'm gonna rename two tiers to kind of like explain them better. And I'm going to put the C tier as C slash potential because I think, you know, it's young guys that you haven't seen them be the best of the best. I mean, a couple of these guys are going to be up there just based on how they were last year and how they have been in their young career. But there's certain guys that are just young enough to where you can see that their best football is ahead of them. However, it's just not there yet. And we got a couple of guys, I think, that fit that category and that mold. And yeah, Montgomery and Dylan are both C slash potential. And then for D, I made it D slash injuries because there's some things you can't help and injuries is one of them. And so if you don't look good because of injuries, that's hard to hold against you. And with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get this guy out of the way. Raheem Mostert, Raheem Mostert, one of the fastest players in the league. By far. However, Torres Achilles, I believe, or his ACL, one of the two was out all of last year and, or he sprained his ankle really bad. And, you know, he just wasn't able to really find his footing. And, you know, I just, it's really tough for him. I hope he comes back healthy. Uh, But for now, he has to sit here and D slash injuries. And the next guy who is also on the Dolphins, we got a couple of like tandems here that might, you don't know who's going to be the best running back in this backfield, but Miles Gaskin. And frankly, looking at the Dolphins, I think they're a prime candidate to go trade for Kareem Hunt Um, and A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones. You know, one of these guys, Damian Harris, maybe for the Patriots. One of these guys just, the Dolphins are the most running back by committee backfield in the NFL and none of them are good. Like they are all either, you know, damaged goods or C level running backs to D tier. Miles Gaskin is unfortunately I think a D tier running back. I don't think that's like I think he can have his moments. Like any running back can. However, it's just I don't know. I just don't know where Miles Gaskins fits into the league, especially this kind of, you know, tier list here. Um, with that being said, A guy who I think slots into A at this point in his career, Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook is a real star in this league. He's been tried and true to that for years now. He's a staple of the Vikings offense. I think he might be the best, like, pure running back when it comes to speed, ability to cut, also kind of shrug off some tacklers. He's got it all. I think he's really underrated. I'm putting him in the top of A. He's, like... I think one of the best running backs in the league by and far. And we got a streak here. I'm going to go ahead and pick a lot of these a guys that I think are by and far a tier guys. And I think Nick Chubb is that next, next kind of guy. He's real big in the waist. Um, no homo, Uh <laughs> big, powerful back cuts through holes as a one, true. I think tried and true one cut back, not as fast as you would like for that, but, If he makes that one guy miss in the gap, I think he could take it to 90 yards to the crib. I think that's pretty a reasonable expectation for him. Um, An S-tier guy, I think Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor, I think, is one of those guys. Last year, he was in a league of his own. He owned the National Football League when it came to rushing the ball. I mean, he just really proved himself as, you know, what he was coming out of college. In Wisconsin, he was a you know, cowbell-type back. Uh, didn't know if he had too many miles on his legs, and it turns out he didn't. He um, was very good last year, had had the best offensive season outside of Cooper Cup, a real uh, monster back there. And I think, you know, with another year under his belt, he might be even better. Who knows? Which is, that would be insane, but I wouldn't put it past him. Another guy will put in S-tier with him, And basically, he's like just the older version of Jonathan Taylor. And that's Derrick Henry. But the thing about Derrick Henry is he's a monster of a man. Derrick Henry is a bigger, more powerful Jonathan Taylor. Doesn't have that speed that Jonathan has, a breakaway speed. But like I said, one of the most powerful stiff arms in the league by far. Might have been on his way to Offensive Player of the Year consideration if he didn't get that foot injury. Absolute stud of a player hard to argue that, you know, he's um, anything worse than S-tier. It's pretty laughable, honestly. And then, I think, honestly, when I look at it, I think those are the only people in S-tier. Because, I mean, there's a bunch of A-tier, I think, running backs that are, like, you could really sell yourself on. But the S-tier is just, like, I'm taking those guys no matter what. I think those two guys are just... They're like one and two respectively, and you could argue for either one and being in either position. Both absolute monsters. And the next guy I'm going to put in, I'm going to put him in an A tier, Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey, I could argue putting him in D tier just based on what we know from his past injuries. His hamstring is made of um, tender ribs that's just fallen off the bone. However, I mean, maybe offseason again, we'll kind of get him back into the groove. Hopefully, he stays healthy. When healthy, he's one of the best in the league. You see him on a bunch of endorsement deals because when he plays, he's that exciting. But that's a big if and we don't know. However, I think this might be the year that he will stay healthy. I'm hoping so. And the next guy I have in A tier is Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler is your like prototypical scat back. And that means basically he's the receiving guy. You bring him in for any shotgun, you know, runs or passes you have. He's the best guy at that job, I think, in the NFL. And McCaffrey's really good at it too, because he's kind of a receiver, you know, combo hybrid deal. But Austin Eckler, I think, is you know, the best pass cat, catching back in the NFL. But, run, you know, running between the tackles behind center or behind the, you know, offensive line sometimes is not the doesn't look, you know, as good as obviously the S tier guys. But he's still really good in that facet. He can take over a game, really. He's like a guy that's like he has a hot hand. You want to give him the rock no matter what. Like, I think he is that good. Austin Eckler is that guy. And moving on. Hmm. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to go down, you know, S to A. There's a couple of guys I'm trying to debate. Are they A tier or B tier? And I think I'm going to put Najee Harris into A tier. Now, Najee Harris is a hard case to make because he's just a second year player. However,. Last year, he played under a horrible offensive line. One of the worst in the league, I believe. And he still looked relatively good. And if that offensive line improves any, he's going to improve. And, you know, I don't know. It's really hard to say. I think in fantasy drafts, he's one of those. He could go in the top with these other guys. But... (laughs) It's just, do you think he will make that step? If the offensive line makes that step, do we think he's also there with them? And I'm not entirely sure about that. I'm going to rake out the rest of these guys and see how I feel, but Najee Harris, like I said, a true power running back. Uh, I think he's underrated speed-wise. Still not a burner guy, but I think he has potential to be one of the best running backs in the league this year. And so with that, I'm going to try and get some of these B guys. Uh, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon is such a hot and cold player, but when he's on, he is really good. It's just, you can't predict when he's on because the Bengals offense is not built for running backs. Really. That's one of the things that Zach Taylor did not bring over from Sean McVay is the ability to run the ball. And so Joe Mixon is a very like hot and cold guy. You don't know what you're getting from him. However, he can give you like four touchdowns in a day with 150 yards um, total. And, you know it's hard to say how he'll be this year because, like I said, I've drafted him in fantasy before. He's burnt me. I don't want to do it again. But there's sometimes that there's value. However, I don't know Joe Mixon. I think is a really good B tier running back that has potential to be an A. And there's like I said, there's a couple of guys in this like kind of level. Um, a Javante Williams. I personally think Javante Williams was the better running back when he played than Najee Harris last year. He, I'll say it, or Javante Williams won me my fantasy league. He really did. He came out against the Chiefs, I believe, in Sunday Night Football and won me my fantasy league by putting up 23 points when I needed it the absolute most. And for that reason, he always has a special place in my heart. I thought he might have been the best running back in the class last year. And he might have been. Now we'll see this year how it works now that there's a lot more highs looking at the Broncos because Russell Wilson. But Javante Williams is that guy. And I'm not afraid to say it. I think he has you know, high A potential. They just got to give him the ball. And that's a, something that tends to not happen in a Russ-centered offense. I just hope that Javante Williams has it because, like I said, he is a stud when he has the ball. And with that being said, I'm trying to pick some of these guys out. Uh, Alvin Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara at this point in his career might might be on the downslope. I think he reached his peak two years ago. Um, that first year under Jameis now uh, was kind of riddled with injuries in, in there. And I just, I don't think he looked the same explosive-wise. I don't think, you know, his moves didn't look as crisp. And he got into some off-the-field trouble this is off season. And it's tough to say how he'll look this season because don't I think the offensive line is worse. And like I said, Jameis doesn't pass to the running backs as much as he should. Um, so for that reason, I do have Alvin Kamara in B tier um, with low A kind of potential. And filling out the rest of B tier here, I'm going to put Leonard Fournette into the B tier. And um, Leonard Fournette is an interesting case because was a top four pick, the fourth pick by the Jaguars years ago. um, Carved out a really, I think, good role there. And it just kind of fizzled out. They just really kind of grew tired of each other. So I think they released him. And he signed with the Buccaneers and went and won a Super Bowl and was a crucial key part of that playoff run. You know, playoff Lenny was a thing. And Leonard Fournette was, you know, kind of cemented as one of the better running backs in the league from that point on. And I'm not in the way where he's changing the game, but when you really need him, I think he shows up and I think he is really good pass catching back, like sneaky for being as big as he is. Um, but, yeah, no, I think, you know, him in B tier, I think, is a fair ranking. Uh, maybe C tier, high C tier. But I think B is, the, like, uh, the maximum production you could get out of Leonard Fournette. And it might go down this year because, you know, I don't know. It, because he's like I said, getting a little bit up there in running back years. But you never know. Um, I'm a, I'm going to tell you right now. Put Kareem Hunt in hell. I did. <laughs> he, he kicked that woman in the elevator, like, on video. They caught him in 4K. Like, my brother. they Like, they got you. They can zoom in on your face and be like, that was for sure Kareem Hunt. And he just kicked that woman. So, for that reason, I, I can't justify putting him in a good tier next to other good running backs. He goes to hell. <laughs> just straight up. I'm trying to see if anyone else deserves it. I don't think so. Um I think that's I think that's a good stopping point for B tier and a lot of these guys Well, hmm <sighs> Oh man. I'm going to put Zeke in B tier. And that's kind of against my wishes, but I feel like that's the one I'll get flack for. And I do think that you, you make an argument. He, Zeke, when healthy, is a B-tier running back. And the healthy thing is, like, it's he's never been majorly hurt. Like, I can't put him into the injuries category because he hasn't had a major injury. It's just a lot of nagging stuff, like a groin injury, um, a sprained foot, you know, or you know, sprained, like, you know, it's very minor injury stuff that, you know, obviously he can't be played to the full potential, but. When he does, he is, I think, a B-tier running back. I think, and it's tough because he's a guy that was probably S-tier for one year, A-tier multiple times. But at this point in his career, I think he's a B-to-C-tier running back. That's just that's just based off of really injuries, which like I said tough, but, but you can't help it. And hmm, I think that's where I can stop B-tier. I think B-tier can really just be that that group of guys and I think C tier which is potential can really fill up here in a hurry uh, first guy I'm going to put in the guy who kind of talked about briefly Josh Jacobs and I think Josh Jacobs is more upper tier C um, and he's not a potential guy I think we kind of know what he is he's you know, he's one of those guys that can have a good game 100 yards and a touchdown But he's not doing it week in, week out, you know, really solidly. And I just, his track history has been, it feels like he's been getting worse each year. Not really his fault. Like, I think the scheme and the, you know, offensive line has been bad for him. However, you know, there's just certain things you can be better at. Like, you know, some of these guys don't have good offensive lines, but they still find to make it work. Like. You know, it's just one of those things you can't blame it all on the offensive line. And I think Josh Jacobs has some other issues in his game, some other holes. But I think he'll have a better year this year. And I do think the Raiders should keep him. Mm, the next guy I have is Cordell Patterson, Atlanta's running back receiver hybrid deal. And like I said, he was a receiver at one point, one of the best kickoff return guys ever, perhaps the best. And he was a running back last year, kind of flip flopped. Like I said, very versatile player. However, I don't think he's like a game changer. And he was last year for Atlanta simply because I don't think Atlanta had any other weapons. Kyle Pitts was there, but you know, it's you can't force feed him. They had no running back, you know, production outside of Cordell Patterson. So he kind of had to be the guy. And he was, he was a very, like I said, very effective for what he was. A steal, I think, when it comes to money wise, but I can't justify putting him in the same tier as DeAndre Swift, Kamara, and Aaron Jones. I just I can't. So he goes in C tier. He's more of a C tier running back, not the potential running back. Mm. And I think James Connor fits into that same kind of mold where last year he had a breakout year. You know, he was good in Pittsburgh, went to Arizona. Scored a ton of touchdowns last year. But I don't think that's really in indicative of who he is as a player. I think we know he's more of the Pittsburgh guy than he is last year's guy. Like I said, Still effective running back guy. And a guy that you'd like to have on your team. But I don't think he's a double-digit touchdown machine. Year in, year out. He'll be good for them. Just because I think he's like really the only serviceable back for the Cardinals. But when it you know, comes to down to it. I don't think he's as good pass-catching as some of the guys above of him, and I think he will show some regression. Mm. I'm going to put Saquon Barkley in D-tier slash injuries, and this is purely based off of injuries. He is damaged goods, as could be, you know. I... Saquon Barkley was... Absolutely electric at Penn State. One of my favorite players to watch ever. Then he tore his ACL in his second year with New York after having, like I said, another awesome rookie year. And then you think he tore his ACL again and had some ankle injuries last year. The explosion just isn't there anymore. And I think he's one of the guys where it's like, we'll look back and be like, man, he could have been something special. But we'll never know. We'll just never know. And that's a very tough thing to you know think about. But, yeah, Saquon Barkley has to sit there in injuries. Okay, and next guy I'm going to do, there's a couple guys here. J.K. Dobbins, I'll put Elijah Mitchell, Cam Akers, all in the C tier to potential tier. And I put them more towards the C tier level of or the potential level of C tier. Um, because I think J.K. Dobbins tore his AC or Achilles last year. And you could argue he's in injuries, but I think first year he didn't really get a lot of run, which is tough for him. Last year was supposed to be his breakout year. But like I said, didn't get, you know, tore his AC or Achilles. But, you know, he's still super young. It's his third year, same year as DeAndre Swift. And the Ravens, like I said, are run heavy as could be. And I think this is a really good situation for him where he could find himself kind of playing himself into the B tier. I think he has that type of talent. I think he was one of the better running backs coming out. But like I said, coming off an injury, I'm not sure. But I have him in the potential area. Elijah Mitchell's another guy that kind of battled some slight, like little nagging injuries the entire year. But when he played, he was effective. And I think it's a lot of Kyle Shanahan's system, the guy you can kind of plug in you know, to any running back into that system and they'll run for 800 yards if they're healthy for sure. But Elijah Mitchell, I think, you know, showed promise and he's going to be the starter this year. And so I think he has potential and Cam Akers, Cam Akers, um, didn't really get a chance to really play a lot last year. Um, he just, you know, tore his Achilles the year before a lot of Achilles and ACLs, if you can't tell, but You know, it's um, very tough for him. I think he he played for the playoffs there for the Rams for a little bit, but it's like, you know, you didn't really get the full effective running back that you want to see from Cam Akers, who has been a good player throughout his career. And so I think Cam Akers slots into potential. Tony Pollard is another guy. He hasn't gotten the snaps because Zeke is in front of him. But if he gets those touches, and I think he should be, I think he should be the best. I think he's the best running back in Dallas' backfield. I sincerely believe that. I think Tony Pollard is another level of explosion. He has a step over Zeke, and they need to convert that rather quickly. The next guy, Damian Harris, I have him in CE potential. Just a guy that is kind of plagued by his running back by committee system, but he had some great games last year and find you know, get him in a spot where he can really shine. I think he'll be a really, really good player. Mm. And I'm looking at it now and I think I'm going to move Josh Jacobs up to B. I, I just, I think he's a better runner than I gave him credit for compared to these guys. I just feels a little bit disingenuous. So I got him there. Um, last couple guys, I think Antonio Gibson, Washington's running back was a big fancy guy. Cause he's a kind of a really big catching back, but he was really injured last year. And it's kind of hard to say cause he's still young. So we didn't see a lot of them, but maybe it's there. Maybe it's not. And then I have guys, Boston, Scott, Rashad, Penny, who haven't just haven't had the time on the field. So we just don't know what they're really made of. I think they're just pure kind of D level D level players. Um, and I think that's really. I'll put Devin Singletary also in D, not injury D, but like. I just don't know what Devin Singletary brings. That's really dynamic for a pass. Like the, he should be a good passing game running back, but he's just hasn't really exploded as much as I'd want to see from a guy who like I guess who's in an elite offense by far. I just I want to see more from Devin Singletary, and he could get his job taken by James Cook really quickly. I sincerely believe that it's a very dangerous game. He's kind of playing by not living up to expectations. Um, Oh, last guy, miles Sanders, miles Sanders, the Eagles running back. He was the nagging injuries guy also last year, but when he played, I think he was effective. He's a very average running back. Just by nature. Um, I haven't been C tier. I think, a lot of these guys in C-tier are just really your average running back that are propped up by systems. And, like, Damian Harris could be a B-tier running back if he got all the touches. James Conner was a B-tier to A-tier running back last year. Uh, A.J. Dillon could be, you know. I, a lot of these guys are guys that, like, have performances that could warrant A-, a or B-tier. However, they just don't get the touches. They're not consistent enough. And Miles Sanders, I think, is the, you know, face of C-tier. B-tier, I think the face is Aaron Jones. A-tier, Dalvin Cook, I think is the face of that. S-tier is Jonathan Taylor. And D-tier, the injuries is, I think, Saquon Barkley or Antonio Gibson are the face of that. Like, certain guys are just in those categories just entrenched in there. And so, I think this is how I have it. I think this is a pretty accurate list, honestly. Um, like I said, there's different meanings to some of it, but in the end, I think... I can't argue, I think, with any of these. Maybe a couple of these guys you can, you know, want to be up like Alvin Kamara, but I laid it out how, how I thought. So I thought that was a good tier. I think this, this seems like one of the more agreeable tiers yet. And now I don't want to talk about like paying them or anything because that's a little bit risky. But nonetheless, I think going into this year, that's how I have the running backs ranked out. And maybe we'll do some receivers soon. Um, but I think it's a good way to end the show here. Got MLB scores real quick to get us out of here. Angels up one to nothing on the athletics. Pirates, Diamondbacks tied zero to zero. Giants up one to nothing over the Padres. Yankees are up four to one over the Mariners. And some games that are final, the Cubs beat the Nationals six to three. The Mets beat the Reds five to one. And the Orioles beat the Blue Jays seven to four. And so with that being said, I'll let everyone go on their way a really shorter show than I would like, but not a lot of headlines can't really, can't do a lot. And so with that being said, like, share, subscribe, all that fun stuff, and I'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.